Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is, as he said, Sophia Renea Morales, and I have a wonderful guest with me today, Krista Cannon, and we are going to discuss the surprising journey from stuck to soul-led. Uh, but before we swing into that, I would like to invite you to get to know a little bit more about yourself and your own personal giftedness in this world. I created this quiz called the What is Your Number One Spiritual Superpower Quiz? Because so many of us walk through this world looking at everybody else's giftedness and going, well, that's not me, therefore I must not have gifts. <laughs> but each of us comes with our own specific, unique set of gifts that are so natural to us, it's like breathing or the 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 water that we swim in, and we don't notice what those gifts are. And so I created this quiz to give you insight into what your particular giftedness is. So A, you can begin to appreciate yourself, and B, you can begin to really lean into those gifts. So you can take that quiz. It takes two minutes. Go to superpowerquiz.us and uh, find out a little bit more about the gifts that you brought with you into the world. And so now our guest today, Krista Cannon, is a two-time certified life coach living in Dallas, Texas with her husband and two boys. And after building multiple businesses that were financially successful, but made her unhappy and unfulfilled, Krista decided to stop trying to create what everybody else thought would be good for her and began to create a coaching business that fed both her soul and her wallet. Krista now works with women as a mindset coach and energy healer and also hosts her own podcast called Color Outside the Lines to empower others to drop society's narrative and follow their own path into their most authentic life. Welcome, Krista. I'm so happy to have you here with me today. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here with you. I know when we were getting ready for this show, we had such an amazing talk. Um, and I love to follow people's journeys because we're not born typically as high-powered coaches. And a lot of times we don't come to what I want to say, the amazing put-togetherness that you are now <laughs> in one step. So tell me a little bit what life was like before you really started to move into a soul-led life. How were you approaching life? Oh, that's such a great question. And yeah, it seems like we see so many people that are overnight successes in like 10 years, right? It takes- like Yeah, the overnight time. success that takes four <laughs> decades to get there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And, that, and that's how exactly how I feel as well. I feel that I really am in such a good place right now, but it's taken many, many years to get here. And um, it, when you look back on it, I think during the time it felt pretty frustrating, but now that I look back on it, it's almost like I couldn't have done anything else except for that to get to this point, you know? So where was I before I was here? Um, I guess the way that I was living my life then was very by the rules, right? I was following all the rules. I was checking all the boxes. I was doing all the things that I was quote supposed to do. And, and what I was got on your list of supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> Great question. 
Um, well, I got married at a very young age. I had children. Um, I became a missionary. So I grew up in the evangelical church, which I know we're going to get into a little bit. Um, and so I became a missionary, which is like the thing, you know, like, wow. Well, evangelical is right there in the name. <laughs> yeah. I think I was actually told that one of my spiritual gifts is evangelism, by the way, speaking of spiritual gifts, um, I know that's <laughs> quite different than the spiritual gifts that you're talking about, but um, it's interesting, the parallel. So yeah, so I I became a missionary, um, I, and then I came back from being a missionary, and I got the you know normal like nine to five steady paycheck kind of job. Although I did do it a little differently because I was working remotely before everyone else was working remotely. You know now mm. it's cool to work remotely, but I so I like pushed against the boundaries a little bit in that way, and that kind of sort of got my foot in the door of realizing like, oh, like what happens when I push these other boundaries and figure things out? And yeah. here we are now. Yeah, isn't it beautiful? I was one of the early work from home kind of people as well. And it's like, oh, this is so nice. <laughs> mm, I can never go back, you know? Oh, I was talking to someone the other day, I forget, a networking event or something, and they were talking about finding jobs. And I'm like, I am unemployable by anyone other than myself at this point. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. Just totally could not do it. So what kind of coaxed or encouraged you to begin to step outside of these boundaries? You mentioned work from home was one of these things that it's like, ooh, there's not really a limit there the way I thought there was. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was, that was really cool to see that, you know, everybody around me was even, I even had um, a parent say to me, well, I hope that they send you a paycheck, like a real paycheck. And it was, I mean, it was an actual company that I was working for. Like, of course, they're going to send me a paycheck. And they sent me many paychecks over the course of two years that I worked for them. Um, so that was one big thing. But then I think maybe the biggest um event that happened was having kids and realizing that every, what did I want to teach them? And everything that I had kind of believed up until that point, was that what I wanted to pass on? And when I realized that it wasn't, that was a really big watershed moment for me of thinking like, well, then what do I want to pass on to them? What do I want them to do? Yeah, I'll tell you what, kids will shake up your lives, life in more ways than one, won't they? <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. So what were the some of the things you started examining around what you wanted to teach your kids? So one of the things that I really struggled with, and I think a lot of us can relate to this, is struggling with worthiness, right? And being like, are we good or are we bad? And growing up in the way that I did, you know, we were often taught that we, we are inherently bad and then yes. we have to work really hard to be good. Right. Yeah, and exactly. I, and you can never actually be good enough. Right. Yes. Yes. It's all, there's, there's always, and what is good enough? There's no yeah. standard. Right. Mm -hmm. I had been a missionary. Shouldn't that have been good enough? Right. And so when I saw this sweet, amazing, beautiful child, I looked at him and I thought, I can never tell him that he's bad. What do I do now? Right? Yeah. Or that he's not enough as he stands right now. Yeah. yeah I, I could never believe that about him. And, it, and that just rocked my world of like, well, I believe that about myself. Why do I believe that about myself? And that is what really took me on this 
like deep soul discovery of if I can't believe this about this child, why do I think my creator, the the greatest being of all would believe that about me? And then yeah. here we went on this we pulled at the thread, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it starts to really <laughs> unravel. So mm -hmm. how did that unraveling occur for you? I think it was pretty slowly at first, because it's pretty hard to, um, to kind of get out of that mindset. Um, but I, I started out with basically with entrepreneurship. So when around that time was when I started my first business. And, you know, with entrepreneurship, it's all, it's really like the biggest personal development course you've ever taken, right? Oh, amen, sister. If your business is not going somewhere, you need to get on the personal development because there's something in your history, in the way you're approaching life and thinking about things that's holding you back. Yeah, which is exactly yeah. what my whole business is about now, right? Because I believe <laughs> that so strongly. And so I started um, just just doing the things that they tell you to do, right? Like, oh, yeah. get a morning routine or, oh, like read these books or, you know, whatever. And you just kind of start down this path of like the normal personal development stuff. Yeah. Um, and so then I, you know, I just, I just was a ravenous about it, right? I just, I couldn't get enough of it. I just wanted to learn more. And the more I learned about myself, the more I wanted to learn. And I started really diving deep into the Enneagram. And that was a really big tool for me that helped me to really learn a lot more about myself and about the people around me. So that was amazing. And then um, in 2020, actually, I took a course by Susie Batiste called Alive OS. Mm -hmm. And I learned all about energy all about like thoughts create reality you know just kind of putting all these pieces together of what i've been learning over the past four years and really like kind of making it streamlined and make sense for me and, and that kind was of the... tying it up with a bow in some ways absolutely yeah and so that was the that was the thing for me that was really like okay this this is the path right like i'm ready to i'm ready to do this for other people now. And I'm ready to help guide other people down their spiritual paths because now I fully grasp like where I was and where I am now and how to get from that place of feeling like I'm living someone else's life to I'm living the life of my dreams. Yeah. So I'd like to kind of dig in a little deeper with you because I know there are a lot of us who were raised with the, you are not good enough, you can't possibly be good enough, you know, you, you have to believe in a savior because you're not worthy on your own uh, mm -hmm. of God's love and all of this kind of stuff that tends to come along with, uh, what do I want to say, the hellfire and brimstone kind of yeah. <laughs> religious yes. upbringing. Um, so how did you start? really unraveling that you had you talked about this moment of realization with your son how beautiful and perfect and wonderful he was um and started questioning your own worthiness in mm -hmm. in light of his worthiness how how did you get past some of the hellfire and damnation teachings that that are so prevalent yeah such a great question so i so I started kind of, you know, you kind of get the feelings like, okay, well, maybe I want to like try to learn more about this, or maybe I want to like study from this teacher that's sort of, you know, not the teacher you're supposed to be studying from, or, you know, I would <laughs> kind of like dip my toe in the water in different places. Right. 
And then um, I actually got introduced to a podcast called a podcast, right? Yay, podcast. (laughs) Called um, Almost Heretical. And in that podcast, I love that title. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the podcast, I highly recommend it. So if you are on this journey, it's an amazing podcast for, for a deconstruction type journey. And in there, the thing that really did it for me was they started talking about the different theories of atonement. Mm -hmm. And so in the evangelical church, we are taught the penal substitutionary theory of atonement. And we don't have to go into what all the different theories of atonement were. But the point was that I realized in that moment that I had only been taught this one thing but there were all these other ideas, even just about this one thing, right? Just yeah. about atonement. There were all these other ideas that I had never been introduced to, even though I had studied the Bible. I had gone to church, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, whatever, like Sunday, Monday, whatever, all the times you're supposed to go to church, right? Um, <laughs> I had I had been a missionary. I had done all the things. You, you yeah, were on the Sunday Plus program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so good, the Sunday plus program. I was teaching Sunday school. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And yet I had never been introduced. So I went to Bible college and I had never been introduced to this. And I will tell you that I got angry. I was so angry because I said, I've done all the things I was supposed to do. And I felt lied to. And I felt like I hadn't been given all the information. Yeah. And so at that point, then I was able to allow myself to explore teachings outside of just evangelical Christianity. And that was so life-giving for me because once I put down all the rules and all the dogma, it was like my connection to God was just so much deeper and wider. And my view of God and my view of this world was just, it was like, it like blew open the top for me. Yeah, that is that is awesome and amazing when that happens. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mm, I really feel you on this journey because I was raised in a a Sunday plus kind of household. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of what I experienced in that particular section of religion was looking back, I would say it was religious abuse in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And it took me decades to recover from it, to get to the point where it's like, okay, I can separate the things that happened in that particular institution from what God actually is. And it was years before I could even say that name and connect it to what I want to say, my experience of the divine, that it Mm -hmm. is loving, that it is generous that it only wants good things for us um and i say it because i don't ascribe to the white man in the robe and the beard right 100 <laughs> yes and so yeah it, it was a long journey back mm-hmm. and even now there will be moments where there's this little voice in the back of my brain that says well you're going to hell Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah. shut up and go away. <laughs> God don't roll like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. It helps when you stop believing in hell. So when you stop yeah. believing in hell, that little voice, you know, gets quieter and quieter over time. <laughs> exactly. I did, I did struggle with that too. And I had the feeling I was leading my entire family to hell, you know, and I was like, I'm going down this path 
and I've just taken them all with me to hell, you know? Yeah. Well, and I, I've come to look at religion differently than I did when I was growing up. And what I have noticed now that I've studied more than just like Protestantism, <laughs> which was kind of what I got when I took comparative religion in high school. <laughs> it's like, we're going to compare all the flavors of Protestantism. I'm like, I know that's not the only set of beliefs out there. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. um, but now that I've had some exposure to uh, Islam and Buddhism and some of these other uh, approaches and philosophies, the thing that I have noticed is there was always a founder mm. who was teaching how to have this personal relationship with the divine. Mm -hmm. And the founder had followers and the followers created a bunch of rules mm -hmm. around it to help people, guide people to that path. Mm -hmm. And then the religion started to take on a life of its own and the rules started to evolve to protect mm -hmm. the religion as much as it was to serve its original purpose. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so it helps me when that little voice pipes up to go, you're part of protecting that religious structure. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> yes, absolutely. And it is, it's the, the rules take away from our experience of God, in my opinion. Yeah, many times, many mm -hmm. times they do. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So we are coming up on our first break already. Can you believe this? Oh, that went so fast. <laughs> I know. So those of you who have joined us out there today in listener land, welcome. We're so happy to have you on board with us. And I would invite you to take your pen and take your piece of paper and spend a little time around what are some of the rules that you were taught around your relationship to the divine that might still be lurking around and might bear a tiny bit of additional scrutiny. And hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to tellzofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A.com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. Inner Realm is a free monthly holistic health magazine that promotes total health and wellness of body, mind, and spirit. We're a much-loved community resource for both alternative and traditional healing. We're in our 24th year of educating our readers about innovative therapies aimed at stress reduction, emotional healing, diet modification, energy healing, body movement therapies like yoga and tai chi, and so much more. Restore your soul, find your balance, and elevate your life with Inner Realm. Find us at innerrealmmagazine.com. Get Unchained 
Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel, featuring nationally recognized best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea, and I am still here with Krista Cannon. And before the break, we were discussing how the deconstruction of traditional religious belief happened for her. And I guess my question for you, I know in the bio, it says that you started a couple of successful businesses that weren't feeding your soul. Uh, how did the, the business develop track along with this deconstruction of your traditional faith? Uh, it was really interesting because I started my first business in 2016 and then my second business in 2018. And I was kind of running both of them. And then I was also working um, and my husband was working. And um, so it was a pretty full time of our lives. And what was interesting about it is that the businesses that I started before the one that I am currently running were businesses that were based on what other people thought would work or what other people thought I should be doing. Like, oh, you're so good at that, good at that. You know, that would be so amazing for you to do that. And I sort of gave into that and listened to that. And if you've read um, Gay Hendrick's book, The Big Leap, yes. he talks about, yeah, the zone of excellence versus the zone of genius. And so I was definitely living in my zone of excellence, but it was the place where I was trusting other people over myself. And so my mm. journey of like kind of out of this like dogmatic way of thinking into this more soul-led spiritual way of thinking was also a journey back to myself as it is for many of us, right? And back to my inner knowing, trusting who I am, trusting that if I follow a path that doesn't make sense to other people, that it does make sense to the divine and that I'm going to be supported on that path. Yeah, absolutely. So question for you, because I've watched many people being a spiritual entrepreneur, <laughs> connected mm -hmm. with quite a few other spiritual entrepreneurs. And I've noticed that sometimes there is a struggle around making their service into a business. And this mm -hmm. is service with a capital S, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering if having already had two financially successful businesses kind of helped you around some of the blocks that people run into when they're doing that. Yeah, it's so interesting because somebody said that to me the other day that one of the blocks that spiritual entrepreneurs have is that people who are healers can't make money. 
And I was like, oh, I never had that block. I never thought, oh, I can't make money at this. Yeah. In fact, I had the opposite. I was like, why am I not making more money at this? Because I should be able to make tons of money at this, right? Right. And so, but I do, I can understand that block. And I think some of it, I think some of it does come from this idea of service and like the things that we are offering are of such high service. And like, is it fair to charge people for it? Right. Yeah. Well, and I think many of us in this spiritual business healer realm, we, we've got some complicated things going on. We've got like past life vows, if you believe in the past life aspect of things where we took vows of poverty and we're completely, you know, brides of Christ kind of thing. And then we've got other complicating factors like society whispering in our ear and telling us these things. And yeah, it's it can be a really interesting thing to work through. And I think what we're exploring many times is what is the difference between being in service and being in servitude? Mm, interesting. And mm -hmm. I think many of us confuse servitude with being in service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's been an interesting one. I've been kind of parsing through in the last year or so. Mm -hmm. And especially coming from a deeply religious background, because that is the message, right? Is to pour yourself out. You know, when we were missionaries, we lived as a couple on $30,000 a year um, and th that we had to raise on our own, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one gave it to you. Like, here's your 30 grand. No, it's like, right. here, I'm doing a bake sale. <laughs> right. So we did I'm a bowling night, like all kinds of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so you kind of get this feeling. It's almost like, you know, and then we were told these stories of like, well, Jesus didn't take money. He went around and people just like took care of him. And same thing with Paul. And, you know, like we're told all these kind of stories of like pouring yourself out. And I think that to your point, that gets really confused. Right. Well, and one of the things that I think is neglected to be mentioned about Saul slash Paul is uh, he had a, an occupation. He was a tent maker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I mean, he had a he had a business. He had a vocation that he was taking with him as he went on all these travels. And I don't think they they mentioned that sufficiently. It's like he's just magically cared for. No, he right. he was he was a businessman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he also lived in a very different society than we do today, right? He lived in a different place where people do take care of each other much more than we are inclined to do today. And so we have to consider the, we have to consider the place that we're living in today. But also if you think about it, you know, in my experience, we, when you start to think about money in a different way, and you start to think about money as energy, then it becomes, you can view it in a different way than you would it, just like a normal transaction. Like I'm going to yeah. pay $500 for this thing. It becomes an exchange of energy. And when you start to think about it, like having an energy exchange, it becomes important for the other person to be part of that exchange. And in yeah. my experience, every time money is exchanged hands for the healing work that I do, the healing work starts before I do, before I lift one finger, right? Yeah. Well, and I've also noticed this correlation um, 
the more people pay for resolving their problem, the more that engaged they are in solving the problem, the more committed they are to solving the problem, and the better results they actually get. And I, I should probably rewind and say that again. Okay, because if you're a healer and you've been frustrated with your people aren't taking your advice and they're not getting, you know, killer results or they're not referring people, blah, 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 you might actually want to take a look at what prices you've been charging because they may not have been as committed to their healing journey as you would have hoped that they would be. And it may have something to do with the amount of energy exchange that happened with that. One of the, I I don't know if Ianla came up with this, but I it's always stuck with me. Money. It stands for my own natural energy yield. And so, if you don't have money in your life, look at what energy you're putting out into the world. Mm, that is amazing. Yeah, I love that. And if you think about that. There's abundance available for everybody. There's plenty of money. There's abundance all around us all the time. Money shouldn't even be an issue ever, right? So, um, and that's the thing is like, one of the things that I've learned being in this healing business is that when I think more highly of my audience and when I'm able to believe on their behalf that they are capable of paying my prices. That is also a really huge service to them because I've had a lot of people that have been able to invest and that gives them this new level of confidence of what they're able to do and create in this world. Right. Because they will rise to meet your expectation and they will also stoop to meet your expectations. So which one do you want for your client? (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I love that. That is awesome. So looking at your shifting out of the supposed to businesses into your soul called business, were there not not so called, but soul S O U L calling business. <laughs> soul calling business has that. Um did you have some fears or hesitations when you started to go that way? Were there people who were like super resistant to you moving that direction? How did that uh, play out for you? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely had a lot of hesitations. I remember when I was going to get my um, life coaching certification and I was working, I was going to work with um, this woman and I just adore her and love her. And I would message her all the time saying like, should I be doing this? Is this the right thing? (laughs) (laughs) Please tell me I'm going the right direction. I'm so conflicted. Like I'm meant to do this, but is that feeling the right thing? You know? (laughs) And I think that happens so often to us. I, I mean, I have clients that it happens to all the time where it's like you, you make a move and you're like, I'm going to trust myself. And then as soon as you take a step forward, you're like, Oh my gosh, should I really trust myself? Right. Or you get three steps down the road and you're like, Oh my God, what have I started? What was I thinking? I think I might be committed suddenly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, exactly. so what do you do? What do you recommend when you arrive at that moment? Because I, I let's put it this way. I, I'm working my way through one of those right now. 
Oh, awesome. Well, great. Let's do some work. Um, well, I think that there's a couple of things that I recommend, and this is a lot of the work that I do in mindset coaching, um, and in energy healing, because the energy healing I do is, um, removing subconscious beliefs. And so if you can remind yourself, first of all, that, that, that fear is never the truth, right? When we are right. afraid, that's never the true self speaking at that point. And so reminding yourself that you're at that point, but then also one of the things I love, and I just coached someone on this today is, um, using the work by Byron Katie. And so oh, I love Byron Katie. Yes. And so if you can take, if you can, if you're walking down the road and you suddenly find yourself stopping, like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? What was I thinking? Right write down everything that's coming into your mind, every thought that is coming into your mind. And the thing that we actually did it on today was specifically money, like money beliefs and relationship to money. And what does, what is money to you? Right. And so my recommendation is to write down everything that comes to your mind. It can be a hundred beliefs if you want to, and then take down, take each one of those thoughts through the work. Is it true? Is it absolutely true? Can I, who am I with this belief and who am I without this belief? Right. And do that for as long as it takes to get you back to the place where you realize like, oh yeah, this is my truth. And the reason why I'm on this path is because I'm following my truth. Yeah. And then you'll start to do that automatically, right? You won't have to stop so often and do it. You'll be able to do it automatically as you're yeah, on, on the fly. It's like, okay, that is not a true statement. Yes. <laughs> and then if you're like me, you'll teach your spouse and your spouse will repeat it back to you. So when you're freaking out, your spouse will say, is that true, honey? Is that really true? Yeah. <laughs> Let's sit with that for a minute. <laughs> yes. Well, and I've been examining the whole fear situation. I, I ran into an interesting quote the other day. I think it was, um, what's his first name? Christian or Christopher Mickelson. He's a, one of these big coach people. And he made the comment that all fear is really a fear of emotions. Oh, interesting. And so I I liked that because it kind of, what I want to say, it repositions fear in my world in a way that's different. I'm not actually afraid of some big, terrible thing like crashing down on me. I'm afraid of what I will feel when that happens. And guess what? I have control over what I choose to feel and what I choose not to feel and how I choose to frame my reaction to something. And that was very a very helpful mindset shift that arrived for me <laughs> this week. Yeah. And I've actually even heard that if we would allow ourselves to feel feelings fully, that any feeling would be resolved within 15 minutes. But and that, that is a true that's... experience. That is yeah. a true experience because I've had, I've noticed that when I took the approach that emotions are simply messengers and that. just accept what has arrived and go, oh, isn't that interesting? What are you here to tell me? Mm -hmm. Then it passes through. Whereas mm -hmm. if I'm like, oh, I don't want to hear that I, I'm afraid because I just made a big financial commitment, you know, that then it starts to like snowball and become this big thing. Yeah. There's this really great book called 
feeding your demons. And she talks about this exact thing where instead of looking at that fear as like a demon and like, like this is something that's going to hurt me, you look at it and you say like, what do you need? And then you feed it. And then the demon calms down and becomes your ally instead of your adversary. Yeah. And I find that so powerful because our feelings are trying to help us, right? They're trying yeah. to tell us something. Exactly. They're always here to protect us and move us farther down the road. I mean, anger is one of these things that a lot of people will go a long ways to avoid, especially in the spiritual world. Oh, well, it would be unenlightened for me to be angry. No, there are moments when it is perfectly justifiable for you to be upset and angry about something. Yeah, we're having a human experience. We're having a human experience. And the anger is here to tell you something really important, like your boundary has been violated. Mm-hmm. Oh, Absolutely. okay. Well, if that's what the message is, uh, there are things I can do about that, right? Mm-hmm. I can make it very clear. Okay, perhaps I wasn't expressly clear with you that I have XYZ boundary. And, you know, here's how I'd like to engage around that in the future. Okay, that's that's a doable thing, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. I love that. I love that. So what were some of the struggles that you experienced in following your, your passion and moving into your, your calling? Yeah. So one of them was, um, kind of, I mean, we've kind of touched on this, right. was like the worthiness piece, right. It was a lot of imposter syndrome. Like who am I? And part of it was, who am I to have everything I've ever wanted? And one of my biggest dreams in life was that my husband and I would both have jobs that we absolutely loved and that that would be part of our lives, not a separate thing. Right. So it wouldn't be like, well, I hate my work, but I'm happy at home. It's like, we're going to love every part of our life. Yeah. Then there was this imposter syndrome of like, well, why do I get to have that? Why do I get to have my cake and eat it too. Yeah. Who who are you to be happy and satisfied with your life when the rest of us have this dichotomy, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I love that. And I want to dig into how you unraveled that a little bit more, but we are already up on break number two. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. So everyone who's joined us out there, you've got that pen, you've got that piece of paper. I would invite you to spend a little time on the thoughts that kind of popped up in response to this discussion, because I'm sure we, we stepped on a few trigger issues for people here as we went along. And I would invite you to catch what are those reactions? What are some of those judgments? What are the, some of those ways your brain is kind of writing this stuff off and going, oh, well, that's fine for them, but I could never, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is. I'd invite you to capture some of that and uh, spend a little time with Byron Katie's work and we'll be right back from the break. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know. 
How has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you and go out and live soul first. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I'm still here having a wonderful, stimulating conversation with Krista Cannon. So we started to get into, um, you know, some of the struggles you had around following your passion. Um, how, How did, let's start here, because a lot of people are like, if only I knew what my purpose and my calling was, I could make some progress. <laughs> Did it arrive kind of wholesale or was this more of an iterative while you were in moving, think, in motion that things became more clear? Definitely in motion. And I, I hate to say that because I don't want it to be that way, but it is that way, you know? Yeah. I I find it's kind of like using a GPS. It doesn't do much while you're sitting in your driveway. It's like back out and leave the neighborhood. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And I'm like, I wish that we could just all start out with this like perfect brand and perfect idea of like what we want to do. And it would just be like sort of delivered to us very easily. But it definitely was, you know, those businesses that I mentioned before, but then I also, when I decided, um, so I had kind of a really big moment that happened in my life in, um, 2019, where I was fired from my job that I was working at. And I, so I'd been, that's, that'll shake you up, won't it? It did. It definitely. And I was the sole provider of my family at the time. My husband was in school. <gasps> Double yikes. Month old baby. Yeah. It was, it was the trifecta, you know? And um, I was sitting in my car and I worked remotely. So I was like being fired over the phone. And oh so, no, you yeah. can't even throw a fit in someone's office. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I couldn't like storm out or anything. Um, and so, anyways, in that moment, I 
was fired, I had a panic attack because I was like, what are we going to do now? Oh, right? sure. I, yeah. Only source of income. Zero. Yes. And I had just shut down that second business that I told you about. <laughs> oh, no. World's worst timing. <laughs> yes. I was like, this is this is nuts. I can't believe this is happening. And I think that does happen a lot when we are moving towards our purpose. Well, it's like, yeah, it's like all the other doors are going to close because you need yes. to focus on this. Absolutely. And it's like, everything looks like it's falling apart when it's actually falling together. That sounds that's yeah. like a cliche saying, but it's well, true. But it is true, right? We, we ask a lot of times, and I've noticed this, not just with myself, but with clients as well. It's like, God, this job is holding me back. If only, you know, I could pursue my passion and blah, 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 blah. Uh, and we tend to think despite the fact that we have our hands completely full with a full-time job and the new baby and the husband going to school and all that, that we can do this one more thing with our hands full. Yes. And the truth is you've got to release something to make space for that thing you've been asking for. And so one of the things I will remind the listeners, <laughs> because I have to remind myself periodically, is when something big leaves like that, it's probably because you're it's making space for something that you've asked for. It's probably an answer to prayer. And so, yeah, it sucks sideways, but lean in, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the biggest lessons I feel like I've learned is to release things like that, especially as an entrepreneur. You know, if you're like really excited about a client signing up to work with you and then they don't. It can be so disappointing and it can also feel in the beginning really stressful. Like, oh my gosh, like how am I going to, you know, make the money I wanted to make this month or whatever. Yeah, I'd whatever. already mentally spent that fee, right? Yes. <laughs> Ready for it. And so being able to know that they're on their journey and they need to either come to you when they're ready or maybe not at all. Um, it's so powerful to allow them to be on their journey and allow you to be on your journey and know exactly what you just said, that that space is being created for something even better than what you had imagined before. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So tell me how you um, worked your way out of this pinch spot, because that's, I'm not surprised you had a panic attack. That's that's seriously panic inducing right there. So how did you next step your way out of this? Yeah, so I had my panic attack. I'm sitting in the garage. I have this panic attack. And after like the moment after the panic attack was done, I heard an audible voice say to me, I have something better for you. Mm. And I'll never forget that moment because in that moment, I was like, okay, let's go. Like, it was like all the panic was gone. And I was just like, let's move. I'm ready. And so I did. And I started moving towards building a coaching business. Right. And I invested a bunch of money and I got some help with marketing and I did all the things that you're supposed to do. And slowly, as I was over this period of time that I was working with this coach and building out this webinar and all the, you know, X, Y, Z steps, um, the panic started to set in again, right? Oh, like sure. That. Yeah. I mean, because income gone to zero and now we're investing money and paying people to help us build things out. I was going to ask, so how, how do you keep yourself stable as you move through that? Because it, it can be kind of emotional roller coaster, I would imagine. I know yeah, for I in my life it has been. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, 
so I didn't at first, right? At first I just freaked out a lot (laughs) and I spent a lot of time, you know, in this like panic state and like, what was I thinking? And is this, am I really supposed to do this? And then I had spent all this money on marketing. And at the end of like the period I was working with this coach, everything was running it was going great and it was working. And I shut the whole thing down because I was (gasps) so freaked out. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's, but it's working. No, no, it's working. Krista. No, (laughs) I was getting like at least one sales call a day and you know, I was learning sales and all this stuff. And I, you know how many healers would give their right arm for a one sales call a day. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right. It was, it was so good. And so then I had to go on this journey of, um, believing in myself, right. Of believing that I was, basically that I was worthy of being a coach and that people could come to me and that people um, were going to get results and, you know, that this was my path and it was very rocky. And for those of you that are listening, that you've had kind of a rocky path and it hasn't been like straight to, it hasn't been unicorns, rainbows and icing. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, I think that I would, I would love to invite you to give yourself some grace because my path was really bumpy and I still got here in what I believe was right on time. Yeah. And so, um, what I do now when, cause those moments don't stop, right. That roller coaster feeling, I don't believe that it ever stops. I believe that we just learn how to manage it. We just learn learn to go over the top and go on the way down. Yeah. And I do think that's a huge part of it, right? Is realizing that it's going to come because when I first was experiencing this and I would have this, like, you know, like a client would sign up and it would be like the greatest high in the world. And I was so excited and I'd made all this money and it was just like, it was the best. Right. And then the next day I would just feel like I would be like looking for jobs. Like what am I doing? What am I thinking? (laughs) Exactly. I just got three no's in a row. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And so, um, it can be kind of, uh, it can, I don't know, be kind of like disconcerting sometimes whenever you don't realize that that roller coaster feeling is going to come. And if you can get yourself to the point where you can do, you can be in, you know, we hear like like high vibe all the time and then low vibe, but if you can get yourself to be in that place of balance, um, where you just feel really balanced all the time and you can start to feel more you can feel excited and celebrate yourself and celebrate your business and things like that, but you can get to the point of neutrality where you're not going to hit these really, really low lows. It can be really powerful. Yeah. And I think learning how to break, um, what to call it cycles of awfulization, (laughs) uh, is really helpful in terms of staying in that more neutral kind of detached mode when, uh, you're getting three call three no's in a row or whatever. Um, because that was one thing that was a challenge for me for many years. It's like my husband would be an hour late coming home from the office. And I, would, by that time, he was in my mind in intensive care and no one knows to call the wife. And it's like, yeah, no, mm-hmm. no, he probably just got a beer with a buddy after work before he came home. Um, so learning to break those kind of cycles of awfulization, Byron Katie's work again. 
<laughs> That's a good one. Is this really true? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> and even if it is true, did you really help yourself by freaking out about it in advance? Yeah. And that's the thing is we're like constantly waiting for this other shoe to drop. And it's like, so then we're traumatizing ourselves twice. If the shoe actually does drop, we're traumatizing ourselves ahead of time. And when the shoe actually does drop. Yeah. And so it's like, why traumatize yourself twice? Just let it happen. You yeah. Know? Just, just be in the now moment. You know, everything that it's, if you think back on your life at all of the now moments that you've had, mm. okay the lion's share of those moments, you've been perfectly fine all the way through it. Mm -hmm. There may be a handful where you were being actively assaulted or traumatized in some way. Okay. But the rest of it, the lion's share of the time, you've been okay. You've yeah. been fine. And even those horrible moments you got through and survived and learned some things from. And yeah. so I've, I've come to the conclusion that awfulizing basically just steals your happiness in the now moment, because right now I'm fine, right? Mm -hmm. My husband may not be home from the office, but I'm fine. I'm breathing. We've got the house dinner is on the stove. You know, all of the, all of the things are fine. Absolutely. And all we have is now, right? Yeah. We don't have anything but this moment. And so why not give it the joy that it deserves? Absolutely. So we've got like two minutes and I know you brought a gift with you. So really succinctly describe what that gift is. <laughs> okay. I need to get this down to 15 seconds, right? So the gift that I have is called the next right thing. Um, and it's basically a little mini course to teach you how to have self-trust. And this is inspired by all the women that come to me and say, I don't like, I don't know how to make a decision. I don't know what to do next. I don't know where to go. And this little course is going to help you know how to make a decision, know how to trust yourself, and then know how to do it again and again and again. And again, and rinse and repeat. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love that. And you can go find that at sovereignself.media. Uh, she will be up at the top of the page, her contact information, as well as the link to her gift. Thank you so much for coming and having this wonderful conversation with me today, Krista. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here with you. So in another 15 seconds, what would be your final words of wisdom to the folks who've joined us? My final words of wisdom, I will say this, this is what I say on my podcast at the very end is that you are so powerful and you have permission to color outside the lines because that is where you're going to find your greatest joy and happiness and purpose. I love that. Thank you so much for joining me here today. I've got full body goosebumps from that. <laughs> And thank you to everyone who has joined us here today. I love hearing from my listeners. You can shoot me an email at askzofia at transformationspace.co and just share with me what is on your mind, on your heart. Was there something that triggered you? Is there a topic you'd like to dig into? Was there a particular guest that warmed your heart or made a difference in your life? I love getting all of those emails. So again, Ask Zofia, A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A at transformationspace.co. And until next week, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Zofia Renea Morales again next week right here.